This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Okay, here, here's a, here's a, a newsflash. This year has been different. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty stupid, right? I, yeah, I got it. It really has been a different year. I think the challenge of this year is that different has been forced on us. So for the next few weeks, I want to talk about get used to different, but not the difference that's forced on us. I want to talk about being able to initiate some different things in our lives that make a difference and that we initiate and a better different than what just absolutely has to come forced our way. I'm, I'm thinking of some of the things that are different this year. And obviously one of the first one that comes to mind is having to wear a mask in public. I, I wear a Fitbit some during the week. I, I have gained a lot of steps on Fitbit doing the parking lot 180. You ever done that? You're walking up to a place and you forgot your mask and you turn around and you walk all your back to your, walk back to your car. I mean, I'm just adding steps. That's different this year. Uh, our, our elderly and our sick, our connection with them has been different. And, and certainly not a good different. Um, I was talking to someone the other day whose wife was major surgery and he could not even get in to see her until after she had completely come out. She'd been in there for days. And that, that, that makes recovery tougher. Joy and I just went and saw my mom. Uh, she's in a home in North Carolina. My mom's 85 now. And uh, she, she came, she wheeled up in her fire engine red walker. Mama's still rocking it. And, uh, but she wheeled up and we were outside the building and she was inside the building and we talked to one another through a glass door. We called each other on the phone. And that's how we connect. It's really taken a toll on our elderly because of their lack of connection. So on the downside, that's, that, that certainly is, is a challenge to different. Uh, sports are different. I mean, the fact that the stadiums are so empty or there's like cut out people in the stands, that, that, that's weird. That's, that's a, that, and it's different. So those differences have been forced on us. But what about differences that we want to initiate? We're in the last quarter of the year. I want to initiate some different things in my life that can make the last part of this year better. And I believe we can do that. So this morning, I want to talk to you about if, if you're going to initiate different, you're going to have to take a different approach to how you look at the Bible. But don't touch the dial. See, Alan, you're always talking about that. But I, I want to give you three key truths today that make the Bible more important than it's ever been. So I want you to stay with me as, as we think about this, because if you want something different, you're going to have to be willing to do something different. Now, here's the first truth, very, very true. It's the idea that the Bible is vital to our spiritual life. I'll give you the words of Jesus this morning. Jesus was talking, and uh, in Luke 4, he said, Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you're the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, saying, It's written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, there's two key things here in this passage. One, it's interesting that Jesus, the Son of God, could have said to the devil, 
Stupid devil. I'm the son of God. Get out of here. He could have said, I watched you fall. You're such a loser. He could have said that. He didn't say that. He responded to the enemy's temptations with it is written. And if you read that whole passage, three times the enemy approached him, three times he tempted him, and three times Jesus responded with it is written. If Jesus used it is written, then we need to use it is written. And they become an answer. This is how he defeated Satan, how he defeated temptation. Say, well, you know, I've never seen the devil come to me. He doesn't come with like a red red horns and a tail and a pitchfork. No, he doesn't come that way. But I promise you, he comes via thoughts. And thoughts can come and temptations can come. And when thoughts and temptations start to bombard your life and they aren't good and you know they're not good, you need something better than, nuh-uh. Nuh-uh is not going to get it. You need to have, it is written. And if you have, it is written, then you've got something to combat him with. Dealing with some Dealing with thoughts and, and temptations that come my way. By the way, you become a pastor, it doesn't mean you don't have to deal with thoughts and temptations. But thank God, over the years, I've gotten to know the scriptures. And when the thoughts would come, the, the, the scripture would come. Thank God that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So that's something that you can combat the enemy with, with it is written. The second thing is this. Jesus indicated that the scriptures are food to our spirit, just like bread or natural food is to our bodies. So in other words, we need spiritual food if we're going to grow. First Peter said this when he wrote the church, he said, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And so in other words, we can grow, but we're going to have to grow. We're going to have to have God's word to grow. Just like a baby, you know, you got to feed a baby and a baby has to have food. We need God's word to be able to grow and develop spiritually. You say, well, I don't know if I want to grow and develop spiritually. Yeah, you do. You want to. You want to grow and develop spiritually because your spirit, the eternal part of you, is the part with the greatest capacity for, for strength, for peace, for wisdom, for faith, for love. They all stem out of our heart. And you get strong spiritually, you get stronger in life. Well, you're thinking, no, you know, Alan, I don't, I don't need to grow spiritually. I'm, man, I'm, I'm young and hot. You'd be amazed at how quickly you become old and not. <laughs> so the idea is we want to focus on the part of us that's eternal. The part of us that it never ages, thank God. And as you begin to grow spiritually, you get stronger spiritually. It impacts every other area of your life. Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You can initiate different into your life. We have to take a different approach in how we look at the scriptures, how we look at the Bible. It's not a duty, it's a privilege. Jesus said this, and we talked about the scriptures. He, he said, the scriptures is a truth that has the capacity to make us free. Well, we need truth. We're living in a day where there's so much coming at us. We need truth. And truth has the capacity. Jesus' words in John 8, when he said this, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, that's good to know. Jesus said, if you're going to be a disciple of his, we don't use that term as much anymore, but I'm a disciple of Christ. That means I'm a follower of him. I study him. I study his life. I want to follow him. There's a lot of people you can follow.
followings in the millions of people. They make a lot of money off of it. But I don't know that I can necessarily follow them. I want to follow someone who's going to lead me in right paths. I want to follow someone who's going to lead me in paths that lead to life and to freedom. And then he said this, there is a truth that can make us free from the lies that are in the world. You say, what lies are that? Well, listen, fake news has been around for a lot longer than recent. Fake news has been coming, and the enemy will give you fake news about God. He'll tell you how much God is angry at you and how much God doesn't love you and doesn't care. That's a lie. He'll tell you that you don't have much value, that you can never amount to much. That's a lie. He'll talk about your lack of potential. That's a lie. But you have to have truth that can combat that lie. And then when you begin to find out God's truth, you find out it will give you the freedom. It will make you free. You say, well, I'm not bad. Listen, it will make you free from sin. It will make you free from sickness. It will make you free from sorrow. It will make you free from lack. It will make you free from fear. God's truth can make you free. A number of years ago when we moved, it was 1990 when we moved back to Texas. And I got a job working for a company that were minister staff and now in Sparity. And I began to work for them and I was a straight commission sales job, but it was a draw against commission. So they gave me $2,000 a month, but I had to pay them back. I went, it, so it was a pressure sales job. And I went and, and made a, uh, they trained me in-house for a while. Then I made a, a sales call with a, a, a guy who was a, an experienced salesman, and he was going to watch me make a presentation. I sat down in the office, and I'm sitting across from the guy, and I began to sweat profusely. Now, it wasn't hot in that office. It was air-conditioned. I'm wearing a coat and tie, but it still, it wasn't that hot. And I didn't know what was happening to me. But I mean, I, I got sweat just pouring down my face. You know, if you're selling something and the sales rep is sweating profusely in front of you, it's not a good graphic. You're thinking, this guy's lying through his teeth. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm, I had to actually get up in the middle of the presentation and say, can you excuse me? I went to the bathroom and poured water on my face and came back and still couldn't stop. I didn't know that this was the very first time I was experiencing an anxiety attack. We walked out of there and the, the guy I was riding with, he didn't say much. But I'm thinking to myself, we got a problem here. The next sales call I made, I'd be sitting in the lobby getting ready to go talk to someone doing fine and it was like you could feel it coming on you. And all of a sudden I'd go in and I'd start sweating and now the thoughts start coming. You're not going to make it in this job. You're going to fail. Your family's going to be living in abject poverty because you failed. And all those thoughts are, are beginning to come. But thank God, there's other thoughts that can come. Thank God for his word. And man, we prayed, and this went on for a period of weeks. And finally, I was sitting in a, in a lobby one day, and I could feel it starting to come on me. But something else came up in me, and it came right out of my heart. Thank God for the Holy Spirit and his ability to bring God's word and truth to us. And John 8, 36 came up. If the Son make you free, you shall be free indeed. And I remember I rose up and I thought, that's exactly right. I belong to Jesus. This fear and this anxiety has got absolutely no place in my life. I refuse to put up with this. And I, 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 I'm sitting there, the receptionist, I, I mean, wasn't saying this out loud, but on the inside, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, that's right. And I rose up on the inside and I'm like, that's it, no more. And that's the last anxiety attack I ever had. And I'll tell you, now, now let, me, let me help you with something. You say, well, God did that for you because you're a preacher. I was a salesman. 
I wasn't, no preacher, wasn't even preaching at the time. Listen, God desires to set you free. If you've been dealing with depression, if you've been dealing with anxiety, if you've been dealing with just, just sorrow and sickness and sin, God's plan for your life is that you be completely free from that and his truth can absolutely make you free. You've got to know the truth. And when you know the truth, you begin to realize, I don't have to live this way. Say, Alan, do, do those thoughts ever come? Yeah, they would come back to me occasionally. I'd be sitting there and the enemy say, you're going to have another anxiety attack. You know what I do? I just laugh. Ha! Because whom the Son is set free is free indeed. I'm not dealing with that anymore. No more. And that's, and that's been 30 years. God's truth can make you free. And it can transform your life. I'm talking about doing different. I'm talking about initiating different. What if we took a different approach that when you read the Bible, you're not like, this is not a duty. This is God speaking to me. This is his truth that can absolutely transform my life. Romans 12, 2 says this. It said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you begin to read God's word. And what happens is then it becomes a grid, a framework through which the thoughts and attitudes and input begin to come. And you, you, you hear things come your way and all of a sudden you go, no, no, that, that's not right. No, that, that's not right. And you realize how much we've been raised in the dark and how God's word can bring light. It can absolutely change your attitude. I used to be moody and I used to be negative. But I can tell you I'm not that way anymore. Because I'm awesome? No. Because God's awesome and his word has changed how I look at life. There was an explorer, a story of an explorer who went around the jungles of, of New Guinea and went back up in the mountains and he found a very primitive group. They were a primitive tribe, very isolated but unusually friendly. And he began to talk to them and they invited him to, to be their guest of honor for this big dinner. And he went to, to, to stay for a little bit in the chief's house. And when he walked in, he's talking to the chief and the explorer saw on the table a Bible. And he looked at the chief and he said, oh, I'm so sorry that someone got to you. He pointed to the Bible with that book of myths and fables. And the chief's face darkened. And he looked at the explorer and he pointed, he said, that book? He said, that book? He said, that book is the reason that you're our guest for dinner and not dinner. It can transform your life. You say, well, I'm not a cannibal. Yeah, but you got other problems. And so all of us have things that we have to deal with. And God's word transforms us. Truth that can make us free. Here's the last one. And this is a, a key truth. That God's word gives us the blueprint and the tools for building a storm-proof life. Again, Jesus is talking. This is what he says. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Jesus is talking, and I believe his words ring so true. They ring true then, they ring true today. He said, if you'll come to me and apply my words into your life, he said, they will help you stand against the storms that come. Now, he used a word there vehemently. 
We don't use that word much. Vehemently means to break, break out with force. It's like a river, just like a, like a dam breaking in a river, slamming into a house. It, it's, a, it's a strong word, vehemently. It's not a word we would use to describe the Texan defense, but it is a strong word. It's, it's, a, it's a word that says, there are storms coming. And what Jesus was saying is, he said, if you come to me, you, it's not like you're never going to have storms in life. He said, but you'll be able to stand against the storms that come. He said, well, what kind of storms are there in life? Listen, all of us have faced storms in life. There's relationship storms, financial storms. There's career storms. There's storms in our health, storms in our mental health and emotions. There's setbacks that we have. There's storms that can come. And Jesus is not saying that, hey, if you'll come to me, you'll never have any storms. What he's saying is there are storms out there in life. And when they do come, at least you have something to stand against them. The storm doesn't have to absolutely crater your life. And if you'll take his words and look at this as, hey, this is helping me build a storm-proof life. Joy and I will be married 38, we're married 38 years now. Uh, tomorrow is the day I met her, 39 years ago. Had met her by a, a pool out in, uh, in Clear Lake City. And she was wearing a leopard print bikini. I still remember it to this day. It was indelibly printed on my mind. And I thought, and, I, and, and the Lord had to be chuckling because she was bait and I, and I bit. And, uh, and, and I'm sure the Lord's going, got him right there, got him. And we met that long ago. You, but you've been together that long and you're gonna see some storms. And we have seen storms. We've seen storms with sickness when I almost lost her. We've seen storms in our finances. We've seen storms in our marriage. We've seen storms in, in our family. We, listen, if you have kids, the more kids you have, the more potential for storms that you have. And then when they have kids, then there's more storms. You say, well, my kids will be leaving my house soon. <laughs> they leave your house. They never leave your heart. They're still there. And so you, al you always have potential for storms. And yet through it all, Joy and I have made it. Not because she was strong and not because I was strong. It's because we begin to take God's word and apply it and put it into our life. And he made us stronger than the storms that came our way. You know, this summer was pretty stormy for us as a family. Joy, we didn't go into it, but Joy was really, really sick with COVID. In fact, she said there were a couple nights there where she didn't know if she was going to make it. And then we experienced a storm with one of our children and a crisis in their family. And then the church opened up and shut down again. It's been a stormy summer. But I want to tell you something. The storms will come and the stream may beat vehemently. But this is a house that stands not because we're, not because we're awesome, but because he's awesome and he promised to help us and he promised to be a difference in our life. Now, the beautiful thing is that God said, if anyone will come to me, and hear my words and put them into practice. So I'm going to show you who he's like. He's like someone that dug deep. Listen, applying God's word to your life is digging deep. There's some effort involved, but oh, it's worth it. We th I was thinking of talking about my daughter a number of years ago, and she really went through such a difficult time in her life where she even despaired of life. And she said what began to bring her out was when she went again to God's word. She began to read it. She began to apply it, and it brought her out.
And I'm so grateful for that. It's, he'll storm-proof you. It's truth that'll make you free. It's vital to your spiritual life. If you're going to make a difference, if you're going to have a different year, at the end of the year, if you're going to do something different, if you're going to take a different approach to the Bible, you're going to have to not buy into the false narratives that are out there. Don't buy the lie. First one is this. I can't understand the Bible. I've heard people say that to me for years. I can't, Helen, I, I can't understand the Bible. And usually on the tail end of that is, and I'm not a reader. And I, I get that. When I, when I met Joy, Joy had been raised in a church. No one ever taught her to read her Bible. When I met Joy, she was not a Bible reader at all. She said, but she just kept on doing it and kept on reading it. And she believed it's good for you. How many of you have ever taken antibiotics? Ever take antibiotics? You know, when you first take antibiotics, you, know, you don't take antibiotics and five minutes later you go, well, I feel better. You take antibiotics and you often go, this didn't do me a bit of good. But what do we do? The doctor said, take them until they're all gone. And so we take them until they're all gone. And usually we wind up getting better. You know, God's word works the very same way. You may read it and go, that didn't change me. That didn't change. Just keep reading it. Keep reading it. Keep reading it. Because it's going to put something in you that will make a difference. And you can understand it. So, no, no, I can't. Yeah, you can. Because if you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. So stop selling yourself short. And when you sit down and read it, go, I can get this. And you, you forget that you've got the helper, the Holy Spirit. If you belong to Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. He can help you. He can teach you. He can make the Word of God come alive to you. Don't ever say, I can't understand it. Sure you can. Here's the next one. Alan, the Bible's an ancient book. It's, a, it's, you know, it's ancient and it's got you know, ancient wisdom, but we live in a different culture. And it's not relevant for today. Okay, we do live in a different culture. Culture, the culture we live in today, very, very different. But guess what hasn't changed? Human nature. And so if culture may have changed, but if you look around at our culture, our society today, can you look at our society and say, you know what? We are more loving. We are more gracious. We are more kind. We are more peaceful. No, that's not the case. We're living in a society right now that is absolutely racked with anxiety, with fear, with outrage. But the God who made us, the God who created us, His truth transcends culture. In fact, His truth will help us live above the culture of the day. He can show us how to live above the negativity, above the fear, above the darkness. He said, if you're born of God, you overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. So our, the Bible has the ability to help us transcend the negativity that's in the culture today. Oh, it's totally relevant. In fact, it's more relevant, 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 relevant today. I'll get this right. Than it ever has been. That's a, that's the second one. And so we have to, we have to, here's the, the last one. We have to understand the, People say this all the time. Well, it's just the words of men. The Bible's just the words of men. It's not true. It's, it, it's, the, words, it's the words of men. Well, there are books out there. If you, if you want to dig around, you can find all the scientific evidences that talk about the accuracy of scriptures. You talk about the 5,700 uh, manuscripts that are well-preserved that, that verify the accuracy of scriptures. 
You can talk about the archaeological finds that verify the accuracy of Scripture, of the prophecies that were said about Jesus in the Old Testament that were fulfilled in the New Testament that verify Scriptures. You can talk about all those. And it's, it's an interesting study. But you know what it boils down to, bottom line? The Bible is the book where you just have to make a determination whether you're going to believe it or not. And Genesis 1-1 starts off with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you can believe that, you can believe the rest of it. If you believe that God can create the heavens and the earth, then you believe that the rest of it is true. You mean all those miracles are true? Mm. Jonah got swallowed by a whale. Mm. Well, what if I don't believe that? Well, when you get to heaven, you can ask him. What if he's not there? Well, then some other people can ask him. But the bottom line is, it's true. And we can... We make that determination. And when we make that determination, the rest of it becomes a lot easier. It's a heart book. And it, 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 it speaks to my heart. You say, well, I'm educated. I, I can't buy into that. I'm an educated person. I'm an educated person too, but I'm glad I was able to move beyond education and grab spiritual truth that absolutely makes me free. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul was writing to the church. He said, for this reason, we thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. Not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. When you receive the Bible as God's word speaking to you, and you begin to believe it, it becomes powerful in your life. When it becomes personal, it becomes powerful. We have a friend that lost her husband a number of years ago. He was young. It happened, it happened just quickly. and devastated the whole family. should have never happened. And now here she is, a widow. Family's traumatized. She's been traumatized. They, they watched it happen. And she said she couldn't get any peace at all. She said, and, and, the, and the thoughts and, and things coming just made it so difficult. She said, the only comfort I could find, she said, was I, I opened my Bible and I began to read the Psalms. And she said, I just read through the Psalms. I read through the Psalms. And it brought peace and comfort. Why? Because when it becomes personal, it becomes powerful. God speaking. In fact, the psalmist said, this is my comfort in my affliction. Your word has given me life. Can you make a difference this year? If you want different, you're going to have to do different. What if this year, this, the end of this year, you said, I'm going to take a different approach toward the Bible. I, I'm, going to, I, I'm going to read it. So here's my, what I call my fourth quarter challenge. Here's my challenge. We got October, what's left of October, November and December, three months. What if for three months, wherever you are in your reading of the Bible, you picked it up a notch? Say, well, I'm not reading now. Okay. Well, then go to Bible 365. Say, Alan, I don't have time. No. Don't tell me that. You have time. We all have time. You don't find time to read your Bible. You make time to read your Bible. And something, something might get sacrificed you may have to watch just a little bit less YouTube. But you can do it. And I tell you what, if you do it for the end of, if you do it for the rest of this quarter and you come back to me in January and say, Alan, it did not help me, it did not bless my life, I'll give you your money back. So here's the here's second. If, if we gotta start somewhere. So just start, Bible 365. You say, well, I read Bible 365. Well, pick it up. Add a proverb, add a psalm, read it twice. You say, well, I read and I study. Okay, great. Well, then you can pick it up. Maybe take a verse, memorize it, put it, put it, you know, take it with you and meditate on it. Think about it. Wherever you are, you can take God's word 
And, and listen, why? Because I want the rest of the year to be better, to be different. I don't want to limp into 2021. I want to, I want to, I'm going to plow into 2021 because we're, if you think the storms are over in life, guys, you're kidding. We need God's word. We need his help. We need his strength. God's word can strengthen you. It can make a difference in your life. Will you bow your heads with me for a moment? See, this was a different sermon. Mm-hmm. Get used to different. But here's the different we want to get used to. It's a better different. If you're here today and you say, Alan, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life, or I'm just not sure about that, but I want to. And we're going to say a prayer in just a moment. And this prayer is for you. Or maybe you're here today and you're saying to yourself, man, I used to have a relationship with God and I've gotten so far away from Him. While I'm sitting there, while you were talking, I just know in my heart I'm not where I should be and I want to get back. This prayer is for you as well. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. But it's good for you to acknowledge this. If you're here today, you say, Alan, I want a relationship with the Lord or I want to come back to Him. I want to be a part of that prayer. Would you just slip your hand up real quickly across the auditorium and say, that's me that you're talking to? Thank, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Great. Anybody else? Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, got it. Hands up in the front and the back. Wonderful. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. No one's looking around. If you didn't lift your hand and you thought, well, I missed my opportunity. No, you didn't. You can jump right into this prayer. And we're going to pray it with you as a church family. We're going to pray it out loud. So you can pray this with us. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, if heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the people that prayed that prayer. Those that raised their hand, those that, that didn't, but they prayed it from the sincerity of their heart. And I thank you that you heard them. And that many have stepped out of darkness into light many have come back home and we rejoice with them. And Father, for the rest of us, those who know you, those who have walked with you for any length of time, thank you for helping us stir up a hunger for you, and a hunger for your word in our hearts and in our lives. Thank you that things can be different this year. We can initiate difference with your help and by your grace. We give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that with us today, I encourage you to do one thing. We've done this around here for years. Every week we meet and pray. We actually have teams of people that pray for you. Our staff prays for you. So for those of you that, that said yes, or maybe you said yes today or in time past, there's a card underneath your seat. You can fill it out and you can drop it in one of the boxes or the ushers have buckets as you leave. Or you can text in to 313131 and uh, we'll get some information to you that will bless you. Hey, listen, let me, let me bless you before we go. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you.
his favor and give you his peace. We love you. We're praying for you. It's good to see you. God bless. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.